Hey there, Leadhead Brigade. This is your host of the Talking Lead Podcast, Lefty. Just wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you all fill your tummies with Thanksgiving goodness and get to be with the ones that you love. So just a quick note before we get started here. I know a lot of you are probably looking for the Black Friday Cyber Monday special that we normally do every year. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get that put together in time, but we will continue to bring you awesome discount codes, giveaways, especially this episode. I know a lot of you are anxious to find out if you want some of those dump trays from Mission First Tactical, so listen close in this episode. It's buried in there somewhere for the remaining 18 or 19 winners on that. Uh, Medicine in Bad Places, we've got discount codes for First Tactical, Modern Spartan Systems, ASP USA. Uh, go back to our previous episodes, you can get those codes, and then show love to all the sponsors and supporters of the Talking Lead podcast during the holiday seasons. Follow them on their social medias, go like their post, let them know that you are a leadhead and part of the leadhead brigade, and that you support companies like Keltech Weapons, KeltechWeapons.com, Modern Spartan Systems, ModernSpartanSystems.com, Buck Knives, BuckKnives.com. Go to their websites. If they're having a Black Friday special, you're going to find it there. Again, let them know that you're part of the Leadhead Brigade when you're purchasing, when you're going and liking their post on social media. It goes a long way in them continuing to bring you guys and girls these awesome, awesome deals, these awesome discounts. So enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy this show. TalkingLead at gmail.com. If you want to send me some Thanksgiving wishes, I'd love to hear from you. Hey Leadheads, this is CJ Buck with Buck Knives. I'm here with the Leadhead crew, just doing our best to leducate the uneducated. Leadheads, we are back with another episode of the, what is it, guys? There you go. And we are in Post Falls, Idaho. I'll give you three guesses where we're at, and your first two don't count. Uh, Post Falls, Idaho? <laughs> but where, where in Post Falls, Idaho? Oh. Uh, Something to do with pointy, sharp objects. Exit two, off the freeway, Pleasant View. And it's Buck Knives. Buck Knives, ladies and gentlemen. We are at the headquarters. And thanks to our good buddy, Brooksy, Bill Hampstead is here with Lefty, myself. Yep. Yep. And uh, we are joined by the owner, president, and what, chief. Whatever. Grand Imperial Poobah, whatever. Chief, <laughs> chief toilet cleaner. Just don't call <laughs> me late for dinner. <laughs> Just call me. Just call me. CJ Buck, ladies and gentlemen. Good to be here. It's been a while since we've had you on. It's January, I guess, at Shot Show. A year. It's been a year, almost. Yeah, almost. Shot a year. Show is rolling around again. Time does fly. It, this year went by so fast. Yep. It has. It has really flown. For some reason, this year has has, has really gone by fast. What we're uh, building up to is the Talking Lead Leadquarters is going to be hosted again at Buck Knives. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. And we've got uh, a lot of things that we're going to kind of build up to. We're not going to tell you everything, uh, but we're going to let you know what's going on with Buck Knives here. Um, we haven't had the, the full tour yet, so I can't really talk about uh, 
you know, all that, but I'll let you guys kind of get into that. Uh, let's talk about your, your headquarters here. I mean, when we first got here, it was just, I mean, the presence when you first drive into the, the parking lot here, I mean, it catches you from the get-go. Um, you guys have a really nice setup here. So talk about uh, the headquarters a little bit. Well, we came up here. We were in uh, San Diego, California for 60 years. Wow. So my great-grandfather uh, moved in with his oldest son, so Hoyt, my great-granddad, moved in with Al, my grandfather, in 1945 in San Diego. And they, as, uh, as buck knives kept growing, real estate just kept getting more expensive in San Diego, so they kept moving east into East County. So El Cajon, East County, San Diego, that's where I grew up okay. as a kid, fairly rural area. Right. Uh, and, of course, in those days, it's a completely different California than oh we were we were shooting 22s on the mountain behind my house yeah so it's El Cajon <laughs> was a riding motorcycle from horseback <laughs> <laughs> from horseback <laughs> yeah. so um, with in in 2005 we well let me backtrack just a bit in 2002 we made the decision to relocate our manufacturing from San Diego California which was just becoming too difficult to manufacture. And we moved to Post Falls, Idaho. There you go. So we looked at we looked at Kentucky and Tennessee, and we looked at the how p- did we not get you in Tennessee? <laughs> it was close. We had a ton of family up here. So, so when my great grandparents they raised their family in Washington State. Okay. So we have a lot of family up in the Pacific Northwest. So it had it had a lot going for it from a family standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we made the decision to choose Idaho uh, is where we'd uh, just where like we'd the locate. snow, huh? You, you don't like summer much, do you? <laughs> you know, uh, San Diego. If you want to check the weather, you check it monthly. Yeah, and up here you have to check it hourly. That's so it's, a, it is quite different. Quite yeah, quite a bit different. Uh, and you know, we were talking. We're fortunate that we timed our trip the way we did because you guys got some big snow coming in i think right when we next week right yeah. when we're exiting so next week for thanksgiving awesome <laughs> yeah it'll be very holiday-esque <laughs> that's right so um speaking of speaking of holidays and and what you guys got coming up next week um you kind of got a big promotion that you're working on with uh, a few other companies you want to talk about that we do Oops. we uh we spoke with uh a bunch of companies that are out there in the outdoor industry nothing like specific this isn't like a shooting giveaway or anything specific but it's more just outdoor so we spoke with uh, about 13 14 other companies every single one of them just stepped up you know we said we want to do a big giveaway we want to invite in some uh, cool companies that we like working with and every single one of them said yes they all jumped in and uh, I mean that's Filson, Cryptek, you know, uh, Twisted X, X, uh, Rhino Safes. I mean, we have a list of uh, cool product, and this will be going out in a little over a week. What's the Uh, date? I don't know. Because as we're 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 recording this, this is the, what is it, November the 22nd, and then the release date will be? I want to say it starts on the 3rd. Okay. That that is the number that I have. So in my as you're mind listening right to now. this, the contest has probably already started. So where can they go and take part? And they'll be able to go to our website. We're going to e-blast this. We're going to send it out through social media, 
they can just come to our website. They'll be able to see it. Uh, we're just calling it the Big Outdoor Giveaway. It's over nice. $3,000 worth of product. Uh, again, wow. everybody just so just so cool with what they sent us. I mean, yeah. some of this stuff is... Talk about yeah. some of the stuff that's uh, in this package. <clears throat> I wish I had a list in front of me. <laughs> uh, Use but, that brain, that big brain. Uh, right on Optics, they, uh, they sent us a uh, $700 plus uh, scope. Scope, nice. We have uh, Wiley X that sent us three pairs of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twisted X sent us two pairs of boots. Uh, Rhino, did I say Rhino yet? You said Rhino, yeah. Safes? Uh, previously. They you didn't say what they're giving. Say what they're yeah, giving they them. sent us a really cool safe. I don't know how we're going to ship this thing. <laughs> <laughs> this thing you might weighs, have to come pick this up. It weighs you know, 150 pounds. This explains a lot because all this stuff's been kind of queuing up in Brooksy's office. Yeah. And I was wondering, what the heck is going on? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Somebody's doing some massive trading in here. <laughs> or yeah. hiding presents from his wife, right? Have That's to check right. our inventories after that. Come back from holiday, and I've got all of this <laughs> stuff in my office. So it's, uh, uh, let's see, who have I not met? Cryptic gave us uh, some uh, camo gear, uh-huh. pants, jacket, hat. Sweet. Uh, we've got, um, I'm sure there's going to be some buck knives in this. Yeah, of course we have, we have, uh, several, uh, products in there. We've got, um, stance socks sent, I don't know, probably eight, 10 pairs of socks, which nice. are super cool. Uh, we have, um, cookware, right? Yeah. We have lodge lodge. They stepped up with, uh, with a, just, yeah, great just a super stuff. cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good um, camping. Right, right. Uh, climate. There, yeah. Climate sent us a, a real cool uh, sleeping bag, and um, so what you need to do is just cram all this in that safe, and then you just send the safe. Right? It, that it's a big safe. <laughs> Almost all of this will fit in there. So whoever wins this, this oh, is going to oh, be awesome. Eberly Stock sent us a real cool pack. Um, Very cool. Those guys down there did did a great job, and and uh, so it was Yeti sent us a soft cooler um yeti uh, that's right yeti. yeah a little segue <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it, don't get me started <laughs> we've got Letty. so much gear in this i mean it is just it's super cool i hope i didn't leave anybody out because i'd feel really bad but well what we're going to do is uh when you guys are making this post we'll reshare it to to our social media maybe we'll do a live uh once you kick it off to sure. to our to our crew and uh announce it to them but uh i mean that's awesome so uh, you guys be watching Buck Knives social media, their website, uh, these other great companies that are taking part. Make sure you go and uh, like their their social media pages. Are you going to do like a Gleam thing where you go and you like and you get so many entries? And It'll be something like that, yeah. Okay, kind of like where The rules will come out and everybody will be able to read it and, yeah. and uh, go through and follow the process. Yeah, kind of like we're doing Mission First right now. We're doing a giveaway of Mission First. and Yeah, that's cool. So. Um, can't wait for that. And when, when is the giveaway going to happen? The announcing it'll go on for two weeks Around and, Christmas uh, time. so it'll, yeah, it'll come out just before Christmas. Oh man. So the winner of that's going to have some great Christmas gifts. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Amazing. That is cool. Well, very good. That's exciting. Uh, let's talk about some, uh, some more exciting news. Let's talk about some new products and you know, where you guys are headed with, uh, you know, with the 2020 products. Yeah, so we've got new um, releases, but don't give away everything because we want to save some stuff for Shot Show. Oh yeah, we won't get too specific, <laughs> but we'll uh, we've got some uh, pretty cool stuff coming out in 2020. 
Uh, one of our uh, focuses will be along the lines of tactical. Mm -hmm. So we'll have some new tactical product that's coming out. We've been working with some pretty cool folks in the industry. and uh, uh, Some that may or may not have been on this show. That's right. Just that's dropping right. hints. Yep, some pretty cool uh, folks out there. And so uh, we've, you know, we've got uh, probably, oh, I don't know, 14, 14 to 20 new products coming out around SHOT Show. Wow. We've got uh, some mid-year releases that we'll be coming out with. Um, but, yeah, a big focus will be on the uh, tactical side of things. Okay, very good. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've had a sneak peek, sneak peek, which, uh, just enough to tease. So yeah. it's oh, that's uh, a big tease too. Uh, I can tell you guys, you're definitely going to be excited about yes, this this new line that's coming out. And when we were at Flioa uh, for their conference, uh, you guys had released a new line there, uh, and, it, and it did well just at that show. Uh, talk about that real quick. The, your hunting. Yeah, we came out with the uh, pursuit series. Pursuit. That's what it uh, was. That was uh, about a august release so just before hunting season started and uh, that that went over really well so those have been selling pretty good and and you might see a little more in the future uh -huh. yeah, so uh yeah we're always trying to work on the hunting category i mean that that's our bread and butter that's, yeah that's what you and, were born uh, from right <laughs> and so uh yeah we've got uh some new shapes that are coming out uh that we're working on and then uh some new materials and uh yeah that was well received yeah it was, it was I, that, I really liked that line too that flio event was super cool I mean, we we cool. talked a little bit yesterday about it just us us three but uh that we've seen some residual sales from that show cool. that was uh super cool gaining some some insights from you know some of the folks that came up to the booth mm. and shared some information and gave us a few ideas and and we're running with it yeah, no, we're, awesome. So this this tactical yeah. line will also be law enforcement, and shortly after the Flioa event, we we did a the Icopa event down in uh, Sun Valley, Idaho. What is Icopa? Icopa is the Idaho Chief of Police Association. Oh, okay. So we had a booth down there and and uh, shared some of our ideas that we came back with from the Flioa event, as well as what we we're currently working on with the tactical side. And uh, again, well received. So we we set up uh, kind of a team of folks with Icopa that's gonna, you know, help us with some future products. So as yeah, well as when you mesh our background in heat treat and metallurgy with some outside input on shape, size, and weight, you get a really high performing knife. Yeah, yeah. I I'll bet. You know, and that would be. If we could just kind of maybe go high level on this, because um, that'll be another show where maybe we get into to some details. But uh, what a lot of people don't understand is what goes into producing a blade, you know, how, how a blade is made. Can you guys kind of high level run through, you know, the, the process from choosing the metal to make it out of to the finished product? Yeah, usually, usually when you're talking knife steels, you have three attributes that you're chasing. So you've got ductility, toughness, won't break. You've got hard enough to hold an edge. And then you have corrosion resistance. So you're, you're trying to balance those three attributes. And you, get in, you can pick any two. 
Right. <laughs> you don't get all three. You don't get all three. You, yeah. you get to pick any two. So you can have a diving knife that's stainless steel, won't rust, but you could put it in a vise, bend it 90 degrees. It, right. It's not going to hold an edge worth a darn. You can get a high uh, carbon tool steel that is fairly ductile, can take a beating, going to be hard enough to hold a great edge, but if it looks at water, it rusts. <laughs> so you're, you're always balancing those two. So a lot of the new steels are... are are mixing elements into the steel itself that gives you, usually you're trying to get a little more corrosion resistance without giving up either the ductility or the hardness. Right. And so we've been, uh, I think we've been ahead of the game Mm -hmm. as far as we're choosing steels that custom knife makers are experimenting with, but then we are learning how to heat treat those steels Mm -hmm. And heat treat's a whole nother story. Uh, heat treat is all about combining within those steels the atomic elements that are in there. When you apply heat, you apply cold, you actually create molecules from those right. atoms. And these molecules are prone to resist corrosion versus the atomic elements floating free right. can attract corrosion. So it's if you do the heat treat right, you optimize all three attributes, and so that's what. So would you say the heat treat is like the the most important process it's, of the? It's the it's the buck secret sauce. Yeah, yeah the buck secret <laughs> sauce. Yeah, I like that. Well, and, and Buck has been doing this for a while. We've been doing our own heat treat in house since 1969. Wow. So that was it. Was uh, my father who just didn't trust having it done outside so wanted to control that process and because it's so crucial to i mean if we say buck knives famous for holding an edge we mean it right and 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 it comes what you're famous for that's what we're famous for yeah (laughs) so you guys are doing pretty much everything in house these days right Uh, as much as we can that one of the so we've had a bit of a capital expenditure spending program here, reinvesting in our company. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what we've been doing is bringing external processes that we were outsourcing and bringing them into our facility from from CNC machining to laser cutting, uh, fine blanking we've done forever. Um, But... uh, Cerakoting. Cerakoting, uh, lathe. So we're making making all our own rivets and threaded fasteners. So we control the quality and the engagement and the the metallurgical integrity of the parts, yeah. uh, all that stuff now we control, and and that's huge. It is. It, it really to is. have to have control over even the smallest little, you know, like the rivets. Well, know? one, it's it's cheaper for us to make than to buy because mm-hmm. the factory's here. So, but you we get put a consistency that way. You get consistency, and if you do make a mistake, you fix it immediately, right? Because somebody downstream from you walks over and says, "Hey." knucklehead <laughs> you know get this squared away right that type of interaction doesn't happen with a with a vendor nearly as quickly yeah uh so uh yeah it's it's been super positive to bring these these processes in house very good yeah yeah you're not you're just not sitting there waiting on a vendor yeah. you know like we discussed yesterday how how you can actually sit there and you are waiting for a vendor to get your product to you you, you're not depending on that. So we, we have very little that we don't do internally. Wow, that's awesome. We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you this special news announcement from the Lead Corners. 
All right, Leadheads, now it's time, the moment you've been waiting for, for our Mission First Tactical Talking Lead Tactical Dump Tray Tactical Wallet Giveaway. You joined us live. We thank everybody that tuned in. We announced five of the winners on that show. And uh, joining me to announce the next, is it 18, 17, 19? How many? (laughs) 18, we have David Edelman with Mission First Tactical. Welcome in, David. Hey, Leadhead. So, um... I think every, yeah, always, man, you're always welcome on this show. And, uh, I think the giveaways that you just did really buttered up the leadhead. So I know that they will welcome you anytime you want to be on the show. Uh, really cool giveaways. We're giving away some Kydex tactical dump trays and wallets. Talk about those real quick. Tell, tell everybody what a tactical dump tray and wallet is. Sir. So, uh, the first items are what we call our minimalist wallet. It's uh, everything you need, nothing you don't. We uh, we use the same material that we make our holsters with. You know, so it's made out of Boltron. You get the Kydex click as you slide your uh, credit cards or business cards in and out or your IDs. Or your tactical um, patches or all kinds of stuff you can throw in there. Your discount cards. French fries, hey, whatever you want to do. French fries. <laughs> it's, uh, it's designed to hold eight credit cards or 15 business cards. It's nice and slim. Great for everyday carry. Durable as hell. The, the designs are chemically bonded to the material, so scratch and wear resistant. These things can really take a pounding. Uh, and everything's handmade by vets, made in the USA. There you go. And On the dump trays, it's, uh, again, same great material, handmade by vets, made in the USA. Um, these are designed to sit on your nightstand, your entryway table, your desk. You use a little Velcro, put it in your truck. You've got a nice pocket for your phone and then an open area for all the other stuff. Kind of keep it all together, you know. Yeah. Uh, we want you Nicking up the furniture, getting yelled at by your wife, or losing your keys every five minutes. So it gives you a nice place to, to put all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're about 8 by 11, so not too big. Fits on a, on a nightstand or a countertop real well. That same chemical bonds going on there, so you could throw your keys on there a million times, and that, that finish, that design is going to hold up. Absolutely. And, and this is a new offering for Mission First Tactical in their, their great line of products that they currently offer with their furniture for the AR-15s. The hand guards, the grips, the butt stocks. I mean, the MFTs are my favorite butt stocks of, of any butt stock that's out there. And then, nice. of course, your new magazines. I really dig your uh, your new AR-15 magazines. They're they're the bee's knees, baby. I appreciate it. You leadheads, uh, keep an eye out. We're dropping a new one. Uh-oh. Yes, sir. Coming coming to you shortly, a couple weeks. So a new, a new piece of furniture, a new magazine, a new... Magazine for okay. five, five, six. 30 rounder. Uh, nice. So when that's when that's ready, you're going to come on here and we're going to do an exclusive, right? Let all the leadheads know. Let's launch it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love that. All right. So let's go ahead. I know people are anxious. They want to know if, if they're the winners. Let's tell them who the first five winners were first. So the ones that joined us live, again, these are the ones who won from that giveaway. Sure. So the first five was uh, Katja Stone out of Spartansburg, South Carolina, won a talking lead wallet. Eric Meyer out of Mount Victory, Ohio, won a lead head wallet. Kyle Deppenschmidt out of Warminster, Pennsylvania, my neighbor, won an AK corner wallet. Philip Richardson out of Mobile, Alabama, won a talking lead dump tray. And James Gilgill out of Beaver, Pennsylvania, won an AK corner dump tray. Very cool. And and those are the logos, this is the specific logo. So when he said the talking lead, that is our classic flying bullet 
uh, Talking Lead logo, and then of course our new AK Corner logo, which is just badass. And we're probably going to do some more things with that logo, shirts and patches and things like that. Uh, and then the Leadhead Brigade, uh, our listener designed logo. We had a big contest for that about a year or so ago. So, so I just want to mention that if you are not a winner, we uh, we will be selling these on our website. All you need to do is go to the go to missionfirsttackle.com and up on the left corner you'll see limited edition. Just click on that and you'll see the designs. Wallets are going for twenty four ninety nine and dump trays are going for twenty nine. Awesome! So you guys go load up on those. They make perfect gifts for the holidays, birthdays, anniversaries. Whatever the occasion may be, just just to say, hey, here's here's a cool gift because you're a cool chick or you're a cool dude, whatever it may be. And speaking of the holidays, yeah, on the limitation slate, you'll find uh, we do a 3D chocolate replica mag every year, so made out of milk chocolate. Oh, cool! <laughs> yep, so awesome. we doing them as gifts, and uh, now we overrun them and sell some. Um, so while supplies last, you'll see those up on the website as well. Nine ninety nine. What those will- I got to get me one of those. I love that. That's cool. Nope, I'll send you one. No problem. All right. So everybody's anxious. So drum roll. And we're just going to go name everybody <laughs> off and what they win one by one here. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to start off with the talking lead wallet. It's that classic design. Sweet. Brad Frasco at a Olith, Kansas. Kevin Meeker at a Lucky, Ohio. Edward Kaufman at Atwater, Ohio. Jason Stopper at Jefferson, North Carolina. And Joseph Idle at Pekawiki, Wisconsin. Okay. I think he'll probably figure out who he is. <laughs> Pretty sure I screwed that up. But, uh, and I, I should say, we have everybody's email address and we will be reaching out uh, asking for some shipping information. Very cool. So now we got the, the Leadhead wallet. And uh, as we mentioned, Eric Meyer at a Mount Victory, Ohio. Roger Pemberton at a Conway, Arkansas. Tracy Greenwood at a Middletown, Delaware. Manuel Vizcara at a Kitchener, uh, on Ontario. Look at that, man. I didn't know you were international. Oh, baby. Yeah, we're in over 100 countries. Look out. We should have probably said that this isn't, uh, uh, you got to be local, <laughs> continental, That's U.S. Cool. That's no big deal. We'll send it parcel post. So it might it might take a little bit, but it'll get there. <laughs> cool. Uh, then we got Wade Connor out of Denver, Colorado, and I'm gonna man. I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to have to spell it. You know, Arnfulo Nufi Rangel. It's A R N U L F O N U F Y R A N G E L out of Fort Worth, Texas. All right. So now we're jumping into the AK Corner wallet. You mentioned Kyle Deppenschmidt at a Warminster, Pennsylvania. We got Tim Miller at a Lima, Ohio. Jessa Kearney at a Wellington, Florida. EJ Bognier at a South Carolina. Kevin Meyer at a Brunswick, Ohio. Theodore Thorne at a Enterprise, Oregon. We got people from all over the country, all over, all the, over. All over the world. Spread in the Canada, the Canucks, our friendly neighbors to the north. Yeah, very cool. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. All right, man. So now we're talking about the talking lead dump tray. So that's your classic talking lead logo. 
as we mentioned, Philip Richardson at a Mobile, Alabama. Craig Cottrell at a Portland, Oregon. Christopher Tranny at a West Springfield, Mass. And now we're jumping into the AK corner dump trays. As we mentioned, James Gilgill at a Beaver, PA. Beaver. John Pickett at a Glendale, Arizona. And William Garcia at a San Francisco, California. Sweet. Fighting the good fight out on the West Coast. Right. Sir, good people everywhere. And is that it? Is that everybody? That's it. That's everybody. That's all 24 winners. Uh, we love doing this. We look forward to doing it again at some point. And uh, we went ahead and made up some leadhead trays for, for Lefty, so we'll get those out to him and see what he wants to do with them. And, and like David said, if you weren't a winner, you can go to their website under their limited edition um, tab at the top, and you can purchase these with the Leadhead Brigade logo, the Classic Talking Lead logo, and the AK Corner logo. You can do the wallets, you can do the trays, and then I think you guys have some other designs and logos that are available also. Is that correct? We do. In that uh, limited edition, we're doing some stuff with the guys over at 2A. So a portion of the proceeds go to, to help fight that fight. Uh, great cause at the 2A rally. And, uh, you know, then we just have our normal uh, our normal designs. So if you guys check those out, you just go to the wallet and dump, tra- dump trade tab. A lot of cool stuff in there. Awesome. Uh, and yep. then you guys have uh, like a big warehouse purge that you're going to be doing over the holidays here. So people can pick up some awesome deals on some, some random items. I don't think you have everything uh, – inventory yet do you no so we're not so we let our our customers really do the the black friday sales but this is a great opportunity for us to clean out close out some some product that we're not moving forward with it's mainly just color stuff and uh you know discounts go up to 80 percent. so it's a pretty good deal you'll see that up on our website uh, right on the home page just use the uh discount code there to find out what we're blowing out nice very good David, thank you. Thank you. Thank Mission First, everybody over there. And uh, this has been a great contest. We had amazing participation, especially with us kind of just throwing it together last minute. Yes, sir. Like I said, I look forward to doing it uh, doing it again in the future, doing it right, figuring out how to get Facebook Live to work. <laughs> we're, we're a step closer, you know. I think we're a, a step closer. We actually I got feel- you uh, got your logo up there. We couldn't add you, so. We'll, we'll get it all worked out. We'll get the kinks worked out. But we got SHOT Show coming up, and I know you guys have some things at SHOT Show. Maybe that magazine will be ready for SHOT Show when we have you on. We can talk about it. And uh, if you're going to be attending SHOT Show, we've probably uh, – let's go ahead and tell them. we got got some things in the works, some special limited edition logo, SHOT Show logo stuff that we're going to be giving out at, at SHOT Show. Yes, sir. We will be. Some, some exclusive stuff. So – Definitely stay tuned. Very cool. Uh, Mission First Tactics, missionfirsttactical.com. They're on uh, social media, Instagram. It's just Mission First Tactical. Facebook's Mission First Tactical. Go show them the Leadhead Brigade love, guys, and go buy all that stuff for for gifts. Makes great gifts. If you want to send me something, shoot me an email. I'll give you my address. You can you can send me a dump tray. <laughs> All right, Dave, again, thanks so much. We'll be uh, in touch soon. We're going to be doing some more of these great giveaways with David and some of our other supporting sponsors. So stay tuned, Leadheads. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. 
So uh, Bill has something that he wants to say. Yeah, we're kind of backtracking. We're going to backtrack a little you bit. Know, Marty led on to a different topic. Almost. Bill didn't catch on, catch on to my hint that no, I was I giving him. No, I didn't <laughs> catch on to the hint. You just always segued into something. So anyway, blah blah uh, squirrel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Little screen in the head. You know, yeah. you're right. <laughs> but no, uh, backtracking to the Fluoa conference, it was great to have you there, and uh, could not have asked for a better partnership and relationship with the knife company. So. No, I'm just doing. You keep talking. I know. And talk so, loud, Bill. I am talking loud, and I'm talking directly. He's so into mousy. It. He is. Yeah. What is it? What's right? with that? No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, good these big burly guys. These mousy. big burly guys get mousy. What? I is don't with understand. That? I'm just a quiet guy in general. There, I just turned that you. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, I just got called out. <laughs> we do love you. <laughs> Thank we you. We love you. But yes, guys, I appreciate you, and on uh, behalf of Leoa and all the support that you have shown us. I would like to give you guys these. Oh, is that a suppressed 44? Oh, I wish. <laughs> Wouldn't that be badass? But uh, on behalf of Leo and all sport, guys, for you. Oh, oh my excellent. gosh. That is amazing. CJ, I don't know where the hell you're going to put it in your office here or where <laughs> it will go, but. Wow, very cool. Yeah. And Brooksy, you're going to hate me. That's but neat. Thank you for everything, brother. Oh, man. No, it, it, I love this uh, relationship that we have. So, I, I yes. appreciate it. So, that. for your listeners, uh, Bill just awarded uh, CJ and Chris uh, these nice glass, what would you call these? Crystal. Crystal monument. Crystal displays. Yes. Displays, yeah. One to, one to Buck Knives and one specifically for Chris Brooks. How about that? Got a good guy here. Wow. That is yes. amazing. No, just I really in recognition of your support. Thank you, guys. No, happy to be you. a part of it. You know, when this when this whole thing came up, you know, you and I, uh, we talked over the phone. Yeah, a couple of emails went by, and mm-hmm. it was this was a no brainer. Good. This was like, yeah, this is something that we really need to grab onto, and it's it has been. I mean, not only just the partnership, but the friendship. Yes. I mean, that has come out of it just instant. You know, you can you can tell that. Yeah. You know, you're working with some really good people yeah likewise it's amazing thank you brother anytime bud appreciate it yeah yeah so uh, that's what we were trying to build up to with the yes <laughs> that, that <laughs> is the flashback to the flea definitely not necessary <laughs> but appreciate it oh absolutely necessary i mean everybody was so impressed with uh your presence there um at the conference and everything you've offered it to was, membership it's that was fun. it's awesome i mean it the thing about this, you know, this industry, we, you know, again, that was a long ride yesterday. It was. Yeah. So we had a lot of windshield time and we were able to talk, but you know, this, this industry is just the coolest. This is, I mean, one of the reasons why I've just always wanted to stay in it. Just the people you meet. It's and a big the, industry, but it's a tight industry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. It really is. I mean, it, it does, knit. it sprawls, you know, the industry does sprawl cause it, it's not just like, you know, rifles guns ammo you know shooting it's camping outdoors it's it's conservation it, it's mm-hmm. so many different things yeah and you meet so many cool people and that event that was that was work right but it was so fun it didn't seem like work right you know good. it was just uh it was a it was a good time although it was in maryland 
Yes, I know. <laughs> even though yeah, it's a long <laughs> ways away from home. I'm not dissing Maryland. I'm just saying it is a that is a long ways from home. Mm-hmm. CJ goes to DC all the time. I've been to DC like three times this year, mm-hmm. and that's a long ways when you're leaving yeah. Spokane. Yeah, and you yeah. taking the uh, time to individually sign each of those blades, 150 of your signatures on those. That was beyond well received. They, everyone was blown away that you did that. So thank cool. you, CJ. My pleasure. Yeah, we sold out. I mean, quickly. We, we did not hold on to those knives. You know, they were they were gone. Yeah. And thanks to everybody at Flioa, that was that was amazing. Good. Thank Very you. Very cool. So you uh, touched on something that I want to talk about now. Uh, during our drive uh, yesterday, we went. Uh, uh, from Post Falls to Moscow, we went down and visited our good buddy Brian Keeney at Occam Defense and uh, Highway 95. You know, we were mm-hmm. talking about Highway 95, and CJ kept saying, you know, it's a beautiful drive, you know, it's scenic, you guys are going to really enjoy it, and, I mean, you didn't do it justice. Uh, but, you know, as we were going through there, we were seeing, you know, a lot of deer, you know, everywhere around. And I guess it's deer season here now? Is it, it is. Is it rifle? It is. It's rifle. It's rifle. So when I get back um, tomorrow, rifle season opens up in Tennessee, so I'll be hitting it hot and heavy. Um, but conservation is, is something that uh, is a passion of yours, CJ, and yep. um, that you've been doing for, for a long time now. And you're, I mean, you're very into uh, several different organizations that are specifically for the, the wildlife conservation. Yes, sir. Mule Deer uh, Society, is that? Yeah, uh, Mule Deer Foundation. Foundation. So I'm, uh, I've been a board member for Mule Deer for, uh, I think, eight years. Yeah. And then you're also so uh, I'm part a, of? So I'm, I'm one of 100 regular members of the Boone and Crockett Club. Boone and Crockett Club, yeah. Uh, so also a board member for Boone and Crockett. And then um, I am a board member and chairman of the legislative committee for the American Knife and Tool Institute, okay. which is more about keeping knives legal, sure, mm-hmm. less about conservation. Yeah, but it kind of it crosses into that. You know, it, it really it does. It kind of gets into that. When we're back in D.C., uh, Brooksy talked earlier about being back in D.C. When we're back in D.C. trying to get stuff done, mm-hmm. the I'll call them the critter groups, but okay. uh, you know, NRA... Uh, Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, Safari Club International, uh, those people are already back there with lobbyists. Mm-hmm. And it's been, a, it's been a great partnership because people realize that you can't go hunting without knives. True. Mm-hmm. And so working with us to make sure that knife legislation is, is clean, objective, it's clear, it's not ambiguous. It's enforced consistently. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we go back there. We work state to state, but we also work on a couple of federal, federal things just to, just to go through. Because there's a lot of really stupid laws. They're not written well. Right. <laughs> they they made sense to somebody at the time. At the right. time, yeah. but now we don't use those words anymore. Those or they intentionally leave them vague. Well, I'll tell you. So, in in a lot of states, a dangerous weapon is a Bowie knife. Okay. okay. What's a Bowie knife? Is that a Bowie knife in your pocket? Are you just happy to No, I won't go there. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, is, is that a Bowie knife or what's a Bowie knife? So what if, if you want to make if you want to make a blade length limitation, then make a blade length limitation. Make it clear mm-hmm. so that if I'm carrying something, I know I can understand it's legal or it's not legal. And so what that's what we've been doing is we've right. been going through. Bowie knife, dirk, dagger. Well, what are those things? 
Right. If, if you don't want a double-edged blade, then say double-edged blade. If you don't want anything over 8 inches long or 10 inches long or whatever, then specify that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just we've been working state and to state. You, you, I was going to say that's a kind of a state to state kind of that's issue. A, that you're... That's a state to state issue. Yeah, we have so we have made an enormous amount of progress in eliminating knife laws in many different states on possession. Mm-hmm. So you hurt somebody with a knife, you deserve everything that's coming to you. You shouldn't get in trouble for just having something in with you. Having a tool, something in your pocket. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's right. a tool in your yeah. pocket. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we're talking a knife. Yeah. So, you know, back, you, you brought up conservation. So back to on the conservation side, I have really enjoyed working with the Boone and Crockett Club because it's gotten me some insight into some bigger, broader issues. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the real painful issues is the battle between hunting and anti-hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... When, when you look at the North American model for conservation, which is the, the basic concept is animals are not owned by the landowner. Right. Animals are held in the public trust for all of us. Even though they run across your land back and forth, you don't own them. They right. belong to the general public mm-hmm. and thus need to be managed for the general welfare, for the general public. Uh, the The... We, this country enjoys such an enormous success and bounty in recovering wildlife. So you look at white-tailed deer, you look at elk, you look at moose, you look at turkey. Everything has made such miraculous comebacks compared to where they were at the turn of the century when everybody was market hunting and you know the local saloon had venison on the menu and hunters were just scouring the surrounding mountainsides. Wildlife can't take that kind of pressure. Right. So you you can't put a domestic raising cattle kind of pressure on harvesting wildlife. You you really need to manage it differently. So the North American model for conservation has fair chase hunting as a ex, as the most controllable wildlife management tool in existence. So I'll tell you a, uh, a quick story that's on everybody's hearts here in Idaho was the reintroduction of wolves in Idaho. So when you look at ways to control animal populations, putting a hellacious predator... So this was, this was their, their attempt at uh, taking hunting out of the solution. This was the attempt to take hunting out of the solution. Okay. There, there's other ways to balance wildlife yeah. populations. Yeah, nobody this is a wants, good story. Yeah. Nobody wants wildlife to overpopulate and then all starve or right. overpopulate and then have some type of disease extinction event that just throws everything in the... Yeah. And then it takes another few decades for those populations to recover. Mm-hmm. It's much better to just manage in a healthy way through that whole time period rather than having these gigantic upswings and downswings if you let Mother Nature balance wildlife populations, she will. Mm-hmm. And it's not pretty. It's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you allow people, as in hunters, to manage a population, hunters are the only predator that has an on and off switch, and they have a volume switch. <laughs> All other predators have n- none of those controls, right. so they will... They will populate until the prey disappears, and then they will all starve to death, and then the prey slowly comes back, and the predators slowly come back, and it's just cyclical. this chasing cyclical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
in North America, when you think of fair chase hunters, not market hunters, not people fishing with dynamite, not not <laughs> right. not people netting gigantic flocks of of uh, waterfowl, when you think of fair chase hunting, that is the most effective way to manage populations. You can raise the game limit, you can lower the bag limit, you can you can do lots of different things. You can you a lot can, of different you controls. You can control the yeah. weapons. You can control the seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can let something be hunted until a certain point, and then you can shut the season off because you've reached your goals. There's just there's lots of control that's allowed there. And when you think of a a wildlife uh, like a Department of Fish and Wildlife in a state mm-hmm. or in in our country, they need those tools to manage for a healthy population. And the 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 folks that are so virulently anti-hunting are not coming up with a valid alternative to healthy wildlife management. Right. And so it's it's a lot of yelling and screaming yeah. and it, suing <laughs> and a lot and, of litigation, and yeah. Pulling every time every time we allow an anti-hunting group to sue a wildlife agency, the wildlife agency is spending money to defend that suit mm-hmm. that should have been going for another officer to control to control poaching or right. should have or another have, study have on been population another study on yeah. populations or building one of those overpasses that we talked about earlier yeah i want to talk about where that where you're too. allowing winter migration routes to not be fatal for for deer as they're as they're doing their instinctive uh, migrations Migration. between yeah. seasons so getting to that green grass. When you talk about hunting, you can't. It's it's so not about my right to hunt, and so much more about this is a complex system that over the last hundred years has proved to be so successful. You look around you, see the deer, see the turkey, see the elk. It's been so successful for bringing animals back from the brink of extinction yeah and this is the north american model the north american model for conservation if you go to the boone and crockett website uh boone and crockett.org that there a lot of this background Mm -hmm. is in there for how teddy roosevelt started the club because he was nervous he had two trips to the dakotas i forget how long they were separated by but it was full of game on his first trip and virtually devoid of game on his second trip Mm. And it scared the dickens out of him. Yeah. And he came back in a panic, started Boone and Crockett Club. Boone and Crockett Club was influential in establishing game limits for the first time. People, people didn't even realize how much damage they were doing and how these animals weren't going to be able to recover without help. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it's a fascinating story of an individual. But that comes into the, the, changes. the scientific part of the, the model. You know, where you go out and they do the studies on the, the animal yeah. populations and they find out, you know, what the population is at this time and what's caused it to deplenish they, or they, they do the surveys. Excess. They realize if a population's getting too large and it's starting to impact the the flora's ability mm-hmm. to recover. So they're overgrazing or over browsing. Mm-hmm. They need to be taken down a peg. That allows the 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 plants to recover. I mean, they're just there's so much management that can be done. It's not so just carefully. the animals; it's the whole ecological system. It's the whole right. system, and so when you think about something as a whole system like that, you realize that the control mechanism is also a very complex system. Mm-hmm. And if you start tweaking one element of that control system, it has lots of ripple effects. Mm-hmm. So now, bring us back to wolves in Idaho. So. 
1990, I want to say it's 92 or 93, mm-hmm. uh, wolves were dropped in Yellowstone Park, and they were also dropped on the Idaho-Montana border. So north, north... And what kind of wolves were these? Uh, these were Canadian gray wolves. Okay. <clears throat> so these, these are big wolves. These are big wolves. So when you when you look at the an area's ability, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but when you look at an area's ability to produce enough protein to to sustain certain predators, mm-hmm. a lot of the areas where there are grizzly bears or the big brown bears, the only reason those areas can support a predator of that size is because thousands of pounds of fish swim up the stream mm-hmm. from the ocean where mm-hmm. they can grow. There's plenty of food in the ocean to grow all this protein, and then the ocean sends it up right. sends it upstream to feed the bears. It's a process. And it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason those bears can survive where they are, because otherwise there's not enough protein for them. Right. So now you, you think about these big Canadian wolves hunting muskox and you know, trackless uh, herds of caribou. Mm -hmm. And so you scoop up a few of those and you drop them in Idaho where we have white-tailed deer, we have mule deer, we have elk. We have some moose populations getting more. But now you put these alpha predators, which are one and a half to two times the size of the wolves that were historically in our area, that were hunted and poisoned to extinction in our area, but they were replaced by something much, much more predatory. Much more needy. Right. <laughs> so when you think about, yeah. um, you put these new wolves in here, they're of a size where fully grown adult elk and moose are, are now on the menu. They're on the menu, yeah. Where before, those wolves weren't really large enough to do too much damage to full-grown animals, mm-hmm. yeah. and thus the full-grown animals were there to procreate the next season. That's not what's happening now. And so the wolves were a response, but there's no off switch. They hunted everything till it was too hard to find. So we had, when you think about the Lolo area, which is uh, zone 12 here in Idaho, it's on the Montana-Idaho border. Mm-hmm. There used to be an uh, 18,000-head uh, elk herd out there. So you break that down and go, okay, let's just say half of those are cows, and pregnancy rates are 100%. Sure. We're going to have 8,000 calves produced in a year, right. eight 9,000 calves produced in a year. And, and the coyotes and the bears and the, and the whatever Figure and the, and the cars, rate, yeah. you're going to get, maybe you lose a third of those. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be 5,000 new elk every year to repopulate that herd. If hunters take out 5,000 elk every year, the herd maintains itself. It's a perfectly working system. Everybody's happy. Balance. The wolves come in, and, and so they were introduced in the early 90s. We had a huge terrible winter kill in 1996 and so the wolves had three or four years to get established the winter kill knocked the elk numbers down probably in half Mm. and now there there's so many things where you just it's the sheer number of babies yeah that dictates that some of those babies will survive because the predators just can't eat them all fast enough Mm -hmm. right well if you get a population down to a point the predators can keep up with the babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) They yeah. can eat them all. Yeah. And so 
the, the, the elk population in that area, now this was a few years ago, I don't know what it is today, but a few years ago it was down to below 1,600 animals. Oh, oh wow. <coughs> it was down to below 1,600 animals. So now you, you take those same formulas of how's that animal population going to rebound? We're getting less than 1,000 new calves every year. Right. And predators can take them all. Yeah, yeah. So and then so you, you're losing generation year after year. You got to start killing the predators the now. Yes, sir. And that's what that's what they did here, right? That is what they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like open season on those big wolves. Fascinating stuff. I mean, it's it's been an eye opener for me seeing a little bit of the backside of why that system works. Yeah. And if you target one element of that system without offering an alternative, a workable alternative, you're just being an idiot. And, yeah. and I think that's where I understand people not finding it offense. I, I understand people finding it offensive that human beings would take joy or sport in the suffering of something else. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm not into torturing. We all like making a good shot, having yep. a good, good queen, queen kill. 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 But to attack all of hunting is utterly irresponsible for well, wildlife management. Well, I think it's ignorant, too. Yes. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's irresponsible on their part not to educate themselves as to the hunting side of things. And like you said, you know, if it wasn't for the hunting community, there would be no conservation. No, all of the, so all of the funding coming into the, uh, the wildlife agencies comes from an excise tax. The Pittman-Robinson Act mm-hmm. comes from an excise tax on guns and ammo. And right. I mean, it's, it's all these things that they're wanting to take away, away. from us. Yeah, uh, a lot of the rangers that inhibit that inhabit uh, national parks, and I mean, so much of that is funded by. through right. the Pittman-Robinson Act. Yeah, yeah. and partici- hunting participation is going down. I mean, it'll be wildlife management is going to become a problem. They're going to be hiring, like you can't trap and transplant, and and uh, you can't spend the money to to neuter animals. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That is, you, when you have people who will pay mm-hmm. for the opportunity to go hunting, take the meat. I mean, I got another side angle for you. How about the carbon footprint? or lack thereof, of all this wild game protein, and what would have been created had we been trying to ranch grow all of all that, that protein. Right. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a carbon neutral element to wildlife uh, that uh, like you can't, you can't ignore all the different elements. There's a reason this is working so well. Yeah. And you can't just pull and prod on and like you threads said, they, and have the this, whole thing come unraveled. This started over 100 years ago. It started over a hundred years ago. It's been it's been polishing itself ever and getting since. Getting better, getting every better time. and better and better as the science improves, as the politics improve. Mm-hmm. Where these these game agencies are able to do studies from the air, they're able to do more computer modeling. I mean, there's a lot more tools yeah. that wildlife managers. I mean, they're have even today. bringing nutritionists into the you know the mix. To, oh, mm-hmm. totally. I mean, it, it, there's every so aspect much, you can think there's of. There's so much better going on understanding uh, what's happening, what the impacts are. 
and they should be free to manage wildlife and not be spending time in court Mm -hmm. fighting for their own ability to manage wildlife and spending money in court. And uh, a whole other thing is the Equal Access to Justice Act, EJA, where these these same people who are filing the lawsuits are getting reimbursed by the government under the Equal Access to Justice Act. (laughs) I mean, it's a... So the same money, so not only is the the government... Not only is the government spending money to defend themselves, they're paying. They're the also spending money to the people bringing the lawsuit, forcing them to defend themselves, and mm-hmm. that's all money getting pulled out mm-hmm. of wildlife management taxes and getting thrown into legal fees and lawyer fees. You mean thrown away? Exactly. Yes. Accomplishing nothing. Yes. Yeah. Lovely. So let's talk about some some other positive uh, aspects of the the conservation we talked a little bit earlier about the 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 overpasses for for um migratory animals wildlife Uh, i mean we we all are you know have witnessed this you see roadkill you know you see a deer on the side of the road that's been run over uh, a coyote or uh armadillos all the time but (laughs) not up here (laughs) they need to get not up here here. (laughs) well you should didn't see them in tennessee but they're all over tennessee now Really? Armadillos. Ah, moving north. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I guess it was Nevada. I, I'd watched a little documentary, and I think they're the first to implement uh, the migratory overpasses mm-hmm. over our highway systems. Yeah, I've, are, I've are, seen are one there. near Elko, Nevada. Yeah, and it ma- it just made so much sense why you know why that they're doing that. So they did they put science into it. They did studies. Mm-hmm. It's like you know all these animals that are getting hit by cars, what kind of impact does that have on, on humans? So, I mean, you look at the economic impact that it's having, and uh, you look at the damage that it's doing to the vehicles. I mean, it's actually killing people, mm-hmm. you know, so the deaths. And, mm-hmm. you know, who hasn't heard the, the phrase, you know, you can't put a price on human life. Um, so this was their, their kind of their answer of protecting the animals and being able to not interrupt their migratory flow um, over these highways because our road systems are going to continue and they're going to grow and yep. you know, unless we come up with a, a way to to help these animals yeah and a lot of get these, to the greener grass a lot of these saddles the same reason the animals are using it is because it's the easiest way between the two mountains all well, the road builders felt the same way right <laughs> and so a lot of these <laughs> things a lot of these things crisscross and and the winter migration routes are crucial to the survival of some of these species. Yeah. So people building houses back into different areas, uh, there's a lot of encroachment into the wild lands that used to exist. Sure. And we do need to be careful. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't need to not do anything, but we do need to be careful with how we encroach and make sure that we've made allowances right. so that there are easements <clears throat> that these deer can can follow their right. their instinctive uh, routes. And it was amazing that they said that the they did the study and that the impact of, of road kills across the United States, uh, you know, it was somewhere around $8.6 billion, you know, you know yeah. with the hospital bills and the, I guess, the vehicle that damage. That justifies and, a couple of overpasses. 
Right. Like you it, know, all of like, a sudden, just a the economics start making sense. The, mm-hmm. the economics start making sense. It's like, you know, we build one of these overpasses, which, you know, is a fraction of that. And I think they've been doing this for the past 10 years in Nevada. Yeah. So they've got some really good study, you know, they got some good data on how this is working. But they're, like you said, they're, they're putting science into it, and they're tracking the migratory patterns of the different uh, species. And they're saying, well, where would be the best point on this road to put this, you know, to help them? And then how to funnel them over it and how wide it needs to be and, yeah. you know, all, all kinds of different things that are going into this. So I just I thought it was amazing. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's a good point of the, of the science now. Because mm-hmm. not only is it just setting bag limits in hunting seasons, but it's also understanding there's a lot of other things going on that are impacting these animals. There's a lot of other things we can mitigate right. if we've got the money to do it. Yeah. And so that it, it is. It's just critical that hunting continue, that it plays this enormous role, not only in funding, but in management uh, and in some of this research. I mean, there's so much research done by hunters. Yeah, We haven't even talked about CWD yet. That's a huge, huge, yeah. uh, just a meteor heading straight for us. And uh, let's talk about that, the uh, chronic... Chronic wasting uh, disease. Wasting disease that so it's a, the deer get. <clears throat> what a lot of people don't understand is that it's not a bacteria. And, and so a lot of us, we're used to diseases being a bacteria. So there's an there's a, a antibiotic. There's, there's something you can take. <clears throat> you know, there, there, there's an antibiotic for a bacteria. Mm-hmm. CWD is a protein. It's called a prion. It's a protein. And you ingest that protein as a deer. Thankfully, it doesn't impact human beings, mm-hmm. but it impacts deer and elk and moose, anything in that cervid family. Right. And they, they digest that protein, and it alters the way that they build cells. And it ends up in the brain, and slowly big portions of their brain become right. unusable. And so they... They just die. Basically, they, they their nervous insane. system go, starts shutting yeah. down, and yeah, the, the zombie, the, the zombie deer apocalypse. Yes. Uh, so CWD is spread through feces, urine, saliva. So people putting out feeders where deer tend to group. There's a lot of mankind involvement that is helping to spread CWD. Mm. Uh, a lot of the deer breeding. Uh, activities any any time you're you're grouping animals together and so the 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 problem with some of the deer breeding is that as they sell deer to other areas and transport things to different states Mm -hmm. once you once you put a deer that has cwd and not showing any signs of it for a while once you put a deer out there as they defecate or urinate on the grass it's spreading it. The next, the next animal eats the grass and, and picks that up, and now they start replicating that, and it just spreads. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a bacteria, the, the shelf life of these proteins is, I don't know, it's like three or four years. Or, oh, is it? I mean, it's just like oh, wow. you, you, and it takes, an enor- it takes a super hot fire. Dryness doesn't kill it because it's not alive. Mm-hmm. It's a protein. And so it, it's so different when we're thinking of normal diseases mm-hmm. 
that we have to give it a Viruses certain seriousness. And, mm-hmm. and what we really need to do is take about a 30-year time trip back in history and do things differently because mm-hmm. once it's here, it's here. The only <coughs> thing you can do is keep it from spreading. Right. And we've done a very poor job of keeping it from spreading. Yeah. And what? how do we keep that from spreading? Is this recognizing the signs of it? and You know, there's there's a couple things where... One of the one thing they're really trying to do is come up with a live test, and that I don't, th- I haven't heard that anybody's been successful at that. Mm-hmm. So some way where you can take a live deer, do some type of test, and determine see if it shows up. See if it shows up. Usually, it's an autopsy that that, that it shows up. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're working on uh, those type of things. There's 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 no cure. They they don't have any cure. Uh, for it, <clears throat> but you. But so if you see it as a hunter, you need to report it. So as a hunt, what 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 we're what what they're saying to hunters is when you shoot an animal, uh, be very careful with parts of that animal because mm-hmm. you could be dragging CWD all over the place. Yeah. So it's just being responsible in how you clean the animal, how you transport the animal. Uh, but there are telltale signs whether they've got that that only, protein or it's, not. It's not really. It's it's it, it. The telltale signs are usually when the animal's almost gone. Right. Yeah. The telltale signs for CWD are usually when the disease is well advanced. So that animal has been spreading CWD for three or four years before mm-hmm. you'll see a telltale sign. Mm. Yeah. But it it's of the ones who who have it. Um, they. It's pretty obvious. Their behavior is bizarre. Biz- so, yeah, you'll bizarre you'll, behavior. I think they're, they're not going to look healthy. They're they won't, look they malnutrition. Won't, they won't be eating right. They won't be healthy. Yeah. So uh, if you see that, then you need to report it. Don't shoot that deer. You're more than welcome to shoot it. Yeah, shoot and it, then but report then it. report it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd probably be the best thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's so the the CWD is a big deal. Needs a lot of study, and and people because it's so devastating. A lot of the states are kind of fighting within themselves to do the right thing. And sometimes the right thing is to eliminate an entire deer herd. Right. And that just makes us all sick yes, to, to see that type right. of, of uh, destruction. But sometimes that's the best course to just nip that in the bud and, and end it, mm-hmm. end, end that, that flurry of, of uh, in, infection. Mm-hmm. I, that's probably not even the right term, but... Uh, you know, just to end it, right? And that it's just so hard, yeah. hard to do that, yeah. hard to make that call. It's never popular. Yeah, come come to our town and eliminate our local deer herd. That's <laughs> ah, not. That's just not a popular alternative. Yeah. But this, it's people need to understand. It's not a bacteria. It's not a disease like we're used to thinking about a disease. Uh, <clears throat> it it's so easy to spread, and it doesn't die. It, it stays spreadable for years. Now, where are the hardest hit areas? I thought it was out west this way. The, uh, um, it's, it's central. So it's not really in Idaho. Okay. We've had uh, some uh, reports in Tennessee. In parts I knew of it Tennessee, was spreading. But it's not it's, rampant. It's, it's that whole Midwest, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Oh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Like awesome. It's just like it's, it's all throughout that. Uh, Texas. Has yeah, it, Texas and then up has above it. Uh, Colorado, Utah. Okay. So the 
I saw a study done, and it's not official. Yeah, you can you can see the yeah. focus. Yeah, it's Utah just mid- got destroyed. Oh, North Midwest. Okay. <clears throat> there were some initial studies that that really tracked the transport of deer because because it was jumping an island. You know, it was jumping, mm-hmm. and it it shouldn't be able to jump. Right. Disease doesn't move that way unless you throw a diseased deer in a truck and drive it a thousand miles away and drop it off now you've you've jumped a a long ways and Mm -hmm. so that's what was happening people were transporting deer okay uh in the early heydays of uh genetic you know people breeding deer for genetics and then trying to upgrade their hunting lease with better genetics and bring in a new deer to just slip them into the genetic pool right. and mm-hmm. and some of that stuff i think was was responsible was part for of that. some of the spread yeah right yeah because that whole area right there is just covered up so i just uh if you're listening i just cdc.gov has some great information on uh, chronic wasting disease and so far uh there, there's not a single reported case of a human being Mm-mm. getting the disease by eating a diseased deer but, but they don't recommend you do but that. But they don't recommend you. <laughs> yeah, you don't right. want to be the first one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these things, just like anything, these the virus and bacteria, these proteins could evolve. They could. They could evolve to a place where whatever's going on in the deer and digesting this stuff could now happen to human beings. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened yet. This but, could be the zombie virus this, this outbreak could be or the, whatever. This could be the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> the apocalypse. we've all been dreaming about. <laughs> From the zombie deer. kill of the week. <laughs> uh, but there's some great tips on the cdc.gov on prevention and, and things that you can do um, to protect yourself and, of course, um, the deer themselves. So. Yeah. But as a hunter, I mean, we were talking about this. There's so many hunters out there that, that lack the, the conservation education side of things. You know, and the importance of that. And as a, as a hunter, you should take that upon yourself to, to do more uh, self-educating. Yes. And even, even join some of these organizations like uh, the Mule Deer Foundation. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton of different ones out there that, that you can you join. Yeah, all the, all the critter groups, Rocky Mountain Elk, Mule Deer Foundation, Turkey, Wild Waterfowl, Turkey, Waterfowl Ducks Unlimited. All these people are, are raising money to to do both research but also do projects like with the mule deer there's a lot of uh, water guzzlers and i mean there's just there's a lot of different projects like those overpasses Mm -hmm. that uh, need to be shepherded through these processes yeah (coughs) so very good i I wanted to uh to do a show on this for for the longest and um you know we were talking in the lobby the other day and it just kind of came up i was like this would be perfect for the show so thank you for for taking the time to to do this and uh, I know there's probably a lot more about buck knives that we need to talk about, but we want to save some of that for, for SHOT Show. We don't right. want to ruin any of that or all that. Maybe we could tease about. Oh, there's, there's just, there is a lot going on. Yeah. You know, there is, uh, there, there's stuff that creeps in constantly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, again, that's just one of the super cool things about about being a part of this company is that, there's just always so much going on. You know, we're, we're developing product in the kitchen category. You know, that, that's 
that's low hanging fruit. That's stuff yeah. that you we, know. I had a great idea for that. No, you didn't. I had, I had a, I an awesome idea. Not a great for idea. That. <laughs> it is a great idea. It, it's it's really not. So let Did you hear it already. It, yes. yes. Ah, okay. Yes. Several times. Yes. <laughs> in that in that windshield time yesterday. So we had uh-huh. we had uh, we went to this restaurant. It was an Italian restaurant when we were in Moscow, and I ordered a pizza, and they brought a pizza out, and they brought a pizza cutter along with it for me to cut my own pizza. And they brought you out an uncut pizza, yeah. an uncut and, and a pizza cutter for me to cut myself, or yeah. just roll it up and eat it whole. Right. Well, it well, was a little big for that. that. I almost did, but uh, a pizza cutter, an antlered uh, handle mm. pizza, mm-hmm. pizza cutter. Man, add that to the the kitchen area, the kitchen culinary collection. Right, I love it. <laughs> lead heads. <laughs> yeah. Would you buy that? That's Chris going. Uh, Shoot me an email, no. talkinglead at gmail dot com. Uh, it, it's a good thing I'm on the new product side of things, isn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not happening. <laughs> no, it, I mean it is. Uh, you know, it, it. We people come up all the time and they say, "You guys should do this. You guys should do that." And and we're really trying to listen to those customers. They have great ideas. Sure. They want to be heard, and and so. Out of out of some of those requests, actually come product. Yeah, and you know we're really focusing on on <laughs> on trying to listen to our consumer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know there there are definitely some some crazy ideas. Yeah. Now you've got a, a cool story about your your kitchen cutlery when you guys were in Washington. Can you talk about that or not? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, this is so kind of this cool. year. Uh, we were invited by the White House to come into the east wing of the White House and represent the state of Idaho for American-made product. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So they reached out to all 50 states, tried to find a, a product manufactured in that state. And it was, it was just a broad swath of, of some were, were uh, like one was backup cameras for tractors, one was uh, <laughs> yard signs, one was barbecues uh <clears throat> we did uh game calls and uh, so just all kinds of different lighters we ran the gamut baseball yeah. gloves yeah. i mean yeah. just just some uh, all the different products metal art just some really unique crazy and they, they picked one yeah, company awesome. from every state one company from every state wow so That's this is so honor. donald trump president trump has done this all three years of his presidency so far so this was the third one They've been they've been getting a little more polished every time. Okay. So we're the third company to represent Idaho in these in these things, and so we had on our table we had numerous products, and we were talking about the uh, tactical stuff. So we had a bunch of tactical stuff laid out there, some everyday, some hunting. So they allowed you to bring knives into the White House. Razor sharp yeah. knives. Crazy. I'll, I'll, <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story in a little bit. Um, so we had all this stuff laid out on the table, hoping. I, I really wanted to meet President Trump. Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Uh, Don Jr. is a fellow Boone and Crockett Club member. Okay. So I, cool. I've, I'm a super nice guy, and so I enjoyed meeting him. Mm-hmm. And, and at NRA, I got to meet Kimberly, which was nice. Just, just okay. beyond. So, beyond uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don who? It, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, I, I, uh, so we're back there. We've got our old table full of stuff. And President Trump comes through. We set up on a Sunday. The, the, the show itself was on a Monday. Right. And so Sunday, I'm there. I set it all, we set it all up. And President Trump comes through after hours. 
Ah, so I didn't peek. get to meet him. I was bummed. I didn't. I didn't get to meet him in person. Uh, but so one of his assistants comes by on Monday when we're closing down and says, "You know, the president was through last night. He liked your wood handle kitchen set. He wants to buy your kitchen set." Nice. So we we sold it to him because you can't give it, it to him because right. when you give stuff, it it causes yeah. all kinds of issues. Yeah. So yep. he, impeachment so his, processes his, yeah. and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what starts. So it's, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, they're going to call you guys next to to <laughs> testify. Yeah. Right. Be be more than happy to. <laughs> but uh, uh, so that was just really cool to know that somewhere in some. <clears throat> Place. Some household, one of his houses. Some, some buck knives are being used to cut stuff. Not just that's cool. So that's he, cool he personally game. came in, saw that, said, "I want that. I want to buy that." Yeah. So now the other story is: so we're, so we've got because we we have the only table that's covered with weapons. Knives, weapons. <laughs> we have. We Quote. were babysat by Secret Service the whole time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and it was fun because. The other and the Secret Service people just blend into the crowd. That's mm. as they're supposed to. Right. And and so here are these very normal-looking people coming up, introducing themselves to Secret Service, and just drooling over these tactical <laughs> knives. Uh-huh. That, uh, we, it was it was just really they're like, funny. can you hook a brother up? It was, so it was he, testimony that that we're doing the right thing. Yes. Yeah. It was because they were you know, come here, come here, come here, come here. Look at this one. That's the one. That's the one. What do you think of that one? What do you think of that one? And they were bringing other their. Secret Service brethren right. up with them going, that's the one I was talking about. That's the one I wanted to show you. So Buck Nas has this crowd around their table and all these other 49 states are like, what's it was, going on over there? It was <laughs> it was very cool. So here comes Vice President Pence. Oh, okay. So he comes up to our table, and as he's walking to the table, Brooksy and I are behind the table, Secret Service leans in between us and he says, okay. The vice president can pick up anything he wants. You two can touch nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no sudden moves. Don't even act like it. Yes, sir. Got it. So he came up, and we pointed. Right. <laughs> so the vice president picked things up, and he signed the, the vice president pens. I had brought two stake sets, one with the presidential seal on the box. Oh, nice. And one with the vice presidential seal on the box. And we did give the one, the presidential one, so it's in the museum probably. But uh, so, but Mr. Pence, Vice President Pence, he said, don't give this to me, because I can't take it anyway. Mm -hmm. Let me sign it, and you give it to somebody else. Oh, cool. So who did we give it to? (laughs) The recipient. It's it's right over there in my office. (laughs) Uh, we yeah. did take a picture of that. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. cool. So it was. Uh, uh, he was super gracious. It was such a great experience. Did he take selfies with you? Were you able to take a selfie? We took some pic. Yeah, we did take some pictures. Cool. So was, uh, uh, very just cool. a little bit. On, I mean, how awesome is that? On it, Vice President Pence, it was. You know, CJ and I were there the whole time, right? And we were talking to all these people. Uh, um, Mr. Carson came up. Ben Carson. Yeah, came that was up. cool. We got super to, nice guy. Just just one of the nicest guys you could ever meet you know soft-spoken and just stood there and spoke with us for a little while and and so we've got all these people coming in and out and it's normal i mean you're in the white house for them you're having this experience for them that's normal and and so even for us it was kind of normal yeah until vice president pence walked in and then i got got real nervous (laughs) my hands got kind of clammy and I looked at CJ. I'm like, I just got nervous. Yeah. And 
you know, we don't. It's one of the most powerful men in the world, right with, there. Yeah. With our with our jobs, you know, with some of the people, the really cool people that we work with. When do you ever get nervous? But when he walked in, I, my body changed. Right. It was like yeah. my hands got clammy. This got real. I kind of started, you know, a little getting, tingly. Mm-hmm. Getting kind of that cold sweat going, and I'm like. <laughs> Like okay. a five year old right now before I'm, the birthday. Now I'm yeah. nervous. I don't I don't want to shake his hand. Because <laughs> it's all sweaty and clammy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm you know you rubbing quickly it. rubbing my hands, you know, trying to trying to get them warm and, and dry. And and so that Well was, you do I, the old fist pump. Just, yeah. Uh, just, what the a great experience. Though. We just yeah. It was just, just such an amazing so much security goes on, they make it look effortless. Yeah. They're, they're you don't even feel like machine. it. And yet, it's everywhere. It's there. Completely it's everywhere. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of funny because we went through these checkpoints, and there. Do you have any weapons on you? You know, the typical questions. You, you know, mean and like, you're like, like this, and this, and this like, one, and this one. <laughs> yeah, we're we're loaded with them. We we have we're, weapons we're in a these knife boxes. Companies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. But but they were just professional, super cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, an unreal. I guess there experience. weren't any firearms companies there. I don't think there were. Uh, I, I don't know there if there were. There was a tank there. There was a tank? Yeah, out, see, <laughs> Made out in front. The so they had, they had some states that did large things, and they had them. They had those people out on the South Lawn. Oh, okay. And then the, those of us that made smaller things, we were inside in the air conditioning. <laughs> but the other nice. people were outside. But all the people that were outside, when President Trump did make an appearance— mm-hmm. He stopped and did selfies with every single one of those people outside. Oh. So at that point, I was wishing I'd have given up some air conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> to be they, outside. They deserved it because it was hot. It was and hot. humid. Was it? Yeah. But yeah. somebody had a tank, a missile. Like the it was. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name. It was uh, Northrop. Drummond. Northrop. Uh, okay. It had this this tank with the with the big old the giant launcher. missile on the back of it. Like, like an ICBM so kind that, of thing. That was a weapon. That was a weapon. That was the tail out at the White That was a weapon. I don't know if it was a blank or not. Right. <laughs> Trump said. I don't know uh, if that firing pin was in there. But, <laughs> right. uh, he, Trump sent his assistant over there too. Said, yeah, <laughs> I, have, I want one. I of want those. one of those. Take one of those too. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. buy one of those. Yeah. Pointed at the house of representative. Aim it there. Get get some things done real quick here. Well, that's cool. That was an awesome story. Thank you for sharing that. I was so much fun. Now, have you had any follow up from the White House since then? Any, anything? No, uh, not really. What? Well, Fox, you know, oh, Fox yes. and Friends followed up. Yes, so we did. So we did get uh, Fox and Friends reached out to us. So I was able to go back to New York about a well about six weeks afterwards, mm-hmm. and be I was on Fox and Friends. Look at you go. So it was a Saturday morning. It was I was star. I was battling with the hurricane, mm. so my little uh. segment. It was about half what what it could have been, because everything was all about the uh, the hurricane the barreling hurricane. down on the Bahamas. Mm. But it was totally fun. Nice. It just just it's 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 such an experience to see how it's similar to the White House experience mm-hmm. where these people are managing chaos, yeah, and doing it so well. And that's in how, the newsroom. That's how that there. newsroom was. It's 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 fast and furious. We're gonna wheel you in. Nope, not yet. Something else came up. So you're you're you you're, stand you, got, by. you got postponed. Stand by. Okay, now you're in. Okay, we're gonna swing the camera there. Okay, now you're off. Now get out. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was awesome. It was, just, it, it, uh, was that the first time you've been on a national? 
It was the first time Show? I was in Fox Studios like that, yes. Okay. Yeah. Not not the first time. Not on, your first time in front TV of a camera. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but it was the first time in that setting. And then uh, I've been invited to go back on. Nice. Uh, in January. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be the week before SHOT Show. What, what do they want to talk to you about? Yeah. S- same American manufacturing. Okay. I know maybe they a, were getting in some of the... Uh, the law, knife laws, and things like that. Maybe. No, no, no. It, it's it's all about uh, making product in the U.S. American company. Okay, well, you should drop that. You know your affiliation with the. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do my best. Yeah, I'll do my best. It's all about the pizza cutter. <laughs> antlered, dear antlered. Yeah. Yep. It's gonna be great. I can't wait for that. You think you have that ready by Christmas? This Christmas? Yeah. This Christmas. You got antlers, right? We do. We do, we do have antlers. But we you know what would be cool? You also have woolly mammoth tusk. Yeah, they're not making those anymore, though. No, no, no. Kind of not. Few well, and far they're between. trying. They are trying, but uh, that is yeah. True. So it, it's uh, you know the you know the uh, the elk tines which we weren't really able to use before. We did get to you know we came up with a creative idea and we turned yeah, them into. Yeah, talk about that. That's kind of cool. We just, we you know so because they're too small to turn into a handle. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just came up with the idea to create a uh, marshmallow stick out of them. Yeah, so these are the, <laughs> so, the tips of the antlers, just yeah. the, the very end tips. Yeah, just the tip. <laughs> just the tip <laughs> of the antler. <laughs> we can say that, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So it was... Uh, we we just took steel rod and and bored a hole into the uh, tine and created marshmallow sticks. So for your campfires, for mm-hmm. your campfires, nice. for having you know in your in your pit in the backyard or yep. whatever, you yep. know you can take along and you can. We've got those in the store, and then we we also created some bottle openers uh, out of them. And very and, cool, uh, yeah. So I you, mean, you're you're coming up with all kinds of creative using stuff all here. sorts of. Yeah. Uh, so we get we get the the uh, the elk antlers. We get our sheds. That the mm-hmm. Boy Scouts pick up. Oh, okay. And send to us. So we go through just some beautiful. Racks. And you guys are big oh, supporters of, yeah. of the Boy Scouts. Big time, yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. 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 That's a whole other story. We won't get into that. Mm. We, we talked about that a couple of shows ago. But uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But those things are only available here at your, your local store. So far. Right. Yeah, so far. So if you guys want those, shoot them emails and say, hey. That's right. Start making more of those, Brixie. Yeah. So I mean, there you know, and there's uh, other opportunities like like purchasing those where we're going to have. Uh, we won't be able to do it this year, but we are coming up on our our Christmas sale, mm. and that'll be the week after Thanksgiving. So it'll start on the Monday, go through Saturday, mm-hmm. um, and and so next year, what we're trying to do is is have it where folks can actually attend our Christmas sale electronically or, or semi-virtually, mm-hmm. you know, because not everybody can make it to Post Falls, Idaho. Right. You know, it, it's a lot a, of people in Post Falls, Idaho's can't make it here during that time. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the the and, snow and everything. And so we want to be able to create this so that folks that want to attend our Christmas sale or Father's Day sale without being here, will have that chance. So I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah there, no I doubt. mean there there's some logistics obviously that go into that, but yeah, but uh, yeah, we want it, we want people to be able to enjoy the store or the you know headquarters mm-hmm. without being here also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you guys are going to run something on the website for correct for yeah. Christmas coming up, yeah. right? So some good deals coming up. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, uh, folks that can attend it, it I mean it, it's a blast. You can come in and you can get things that are you know 
discounted, mm-hmm. discontinued. Uh, well, everything is discounted. Or one-offs, yeah, like your little thing. One-offs, There yeah. are plenty of one-offs. Right, right. So, yeah. And then I'm, I'm signing. I'm autographing blades. My mom will be in doing some autographing. Oh, cool. My oh, son, Josh, nice. will be here doing some autographing. And then we're collecting donations. I couldn't tell you where they're going this year. Uh, we I, determined to... We collect a dollar per signature donation, mm-hmm. and it's gone in in years past. It's gone to the Kootenai County uh, Police and Fire Department Memorial Fund. It's gone to the Post Falls Food Bank. Yeah, uh, it's gone to New Beginnings. Like we've done different things that, each year. That right. each year we sure. figure out a place. So I just don't know where it's going this year, but it'll go somewhere worth it'll I'm go sure. somewhere worthwhile. Yeah. yeah, we have Santa here. We have free gift wrapping. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's an ordeal. Very nice. Yeah, very it's cool. fun. Yeah. So if, if it's anybody's a, it's inclined. It's a community gift. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a nice thing. It helps us out because we can move through a lot of unique product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a, right before Christmas, it's a it's a really neat way to. Good PR to kind in. of thing with the, yeah. with the local community. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. Now, here you guys are ramping up for a big Thanksgiving, too, here. Oh, yeah. Like big covered dish you guys have here in the yeah, office. We're, uh, we are getting ready for Pie Monday. Pie Monday. Pie Monday. <laughs> Is everybody yeah. just bring their favorite pie, or how's that no, work? No, we're, we're, we're feeding everybody pie on Monday. Okay. Just to, just to celebrate Monday. Just a pie <laughs> Monday. <laughs> I like it'll that. Be, it'll be Mo Pie Monday. Mo Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a local pie company that you guys get those from? I'm... I'm not sure. It Is that might this it, Monday. There's your mom that, cooking that's, all that's those for everybody. This Monday. Yeah, that's Monday. Yeah, I'm coming hungry. Brooksy's got a puzzled look on his face. Mm-hmm. He's like, I wasn't invited. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure I got that email. Huh. <laughs> we should extend our stay until Monday. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And pie Monday. <laughs> so we always uh, try and do something. Yeah, very cool. Houston. Well, it looks so, like I mean, just from what we've uh, experienced here, I mean, it seems to be a very close knit company you know everybody seems to be we try i mean it's it's business at the end of the day but but it's you you might as well have fun doing it right yeah yeah it's a it's a very good environment here Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it doesn't have that corporate feel but yet like you said you know business is still getting done and yeah uh, people seem very happy here yeah Yeah. absolutely and they've been very nice to us so thank you for the hospitality yeah you're welcome thanks for having us Uh, so glad you can make it yeah i know we talked about it for about a year yeah, we have. I mean, just what, last month, you know, we randomly yeah. texting back and forth and, and gave me happened. the invite, and here we are. <laughs> right. Thank you. It's an honor to yeah. be here. And see how it's all done and to hang out with you guys again. Yeah. No, it's a cool tour. Yeah. It's, it's a. I'm looking cool. forward to it. Yeah. it. It's big enough to be impressive, but small enough to take in. Mm-hmm. So it's. I love, I love the ability when we can walk high school classes and stuff through here. Oh, that you're amazing. You just, and you give kids an understanding of, okay, this is what it looks like to produce value. Yeah. And you, you know, your goal is to produce value, get paid for producing that value. Right. And hopefully you produce more value than you get paid for so that your company's successful and this works and that works and the economy moves forward. And they're like, show me the woolly mammoth tusk. <laughs> right. I don't yeah, care about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you do have a, a bit of a museum kind of field going on down there. Working on it. That, yeah. That's going to continue to improve. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive as it is. But uh, I know you guys got uh, business to do, speaking of. Uh, so thank you again so much for uh, taking the time. Uh, guys, check them out. Buckknives.com. Their social media is uh, under Buckknives. 
Go show them the Leadhead Brigade love and uh, be watching their website for those special holiday deals and uh, make great gifts. Always. Nice. Everybody likes a knife, you know. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves getting a knife. So, until next time, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. Firearms closer. And your firearms closer. There you go. And your butt knives. In your pocket. In hand. In your pocket. <laughs> On your belt. Yeah. Yeah. On hand somewhere. 